0: When you think you're out, they pull you back in. I thought it was going to be a really chill week around here. That's why I kind of did a little goodbye episode yesterday, just for everybody who's celebrating the holidays. No, things have to go completely crazy. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a massive train derailment in Washington State. So you're going to say, who cares? Ah, what if I told you it might be terrorism? We'll get to that right after this word from our sponsor from Shop Remote Office. Everything you need for your digital backdrops at Remote office. You can find everything you need from green screens to actual digital backdrops, anything you need to look impressive, professional, and cool in your Zoom meetings and any other platform. Go to shopremoteoffice.com, enter the discount code Ari Hoffman, A-R-I-H-O-F-F-M-A-N and save 10% at shopremoteoffice.com. Well, yesterday at 11 45 a.m a BNSF train derailed near Custer, Washington. Where is that? Go north west of Seattle. It's up there near the border. This train was a giant train of over around 109 cars. They don't even know how many cars were on this thing, it was so big. 109 cars bringing crude oil up to Canada. These trains go back and forth all the time. They're working on a pipeline, but there's a bunch of activists who want to stop the pipeline. This derailment was so bad that oil spilled, caught fire, and there was a massive plume in the sky. The Washington State Patrol told everybody within half a mile of this thing to evacuate. You could see the smoke from that far away. That's how bad it was. They shut down Interstate 5 in both directions for over an hour it was so bad. When residents were allowed back at their home finally, when the fire was under control, they told them to shelter in place, to stay in their homes because the air quality was so bad. Something struck me as odd about this whole thing. There have been attempts at derailing trains in Washington state all year long. So I did a little digging. There are a whole bunch of agencies on site for this, but not the NTSB, the National Transit Safety Board. They're usually the guys who show up at a train derailment at an airplane crash, any of that kind of stuff, they're usually the first ones there. Instead, I saw the Department of Ecology, I saw the fire brigades, all that stuff, which made sense, but I saw the FBI. And that got me thinking, why would the FBI be interested? Now, granted, you know, you always want to, you know, get rid of terrorism or anything else like that. You want to make sure it wasn't any of those things. But why would they be there the National Transit Safety Board isn't? Could it be they already have a theory about what's going on? I did some digging, and it turns out anarchist groups have been trying to derail the BNSF trains all year long. There are over 41 incidents of this happening. Multiple under active investigation, two women who are in their 20s who are anarchists were arrested and have pending terrorism charges because of all this they try to derail some trains. They use these things called shunts. And what the shunts do is they disrupt the electrical current and can kick a train off a track. In another incident, they managed to decouple some cars using these things. They have caught people placing these shunts on tracks before. So now I'm curious if that had anything to do with this. Now, they are saying right now there is no link to any of these. And they are saying that the FBI is just there to investigate and they're referring you to an FBI statement on the matter. But I got curious and started doing some digging. There's a website called It's Going Down, which is a popular anarchist website. And they actually, some anarchist groups have taken claim, taken responsibility for putting these shunts on the rail line. They're specifically doing it because they're trying to protect indigenous land, as they say, and they're trying to stop an oil pipeline. So please explain this to me. How does spilling oil everywhere, causing a massive fire with carbon emissions and gases and stuff going into the air, how does that help the environment? Really, this is just as dumb as a few years ago, these eco-terrorists burned down a house in Seattle. Why was this a unique house? It was on the Street of Dreams. Every year in Seattle, they have the Street of Dreams where they build all these custom houses to show you innovations in the construction industry with appliances, with TVs, with everything, with the house construction itself. The theme of that year was green technology and how you can make your house more green. And they burned it down. It's like the lunatics who burned down the building at University of Washington and killed a person. They didn't like that they were experimenting on saplings and seeds there. What was the experiment they were doing? Trying to perpetuate a species that was about to go extinct. And in the process, these eco-terrorists killed the only surviving strain. Bravo, guys. Bravo. You did a phenomenal job. So I don't understand how derailing oil trains causing big accidents, in theory, could have possibly helped your ecological cause. Somebody please explain this to me because it makes absolutely no sense. So the Justice Department even notes ties with these anarchist groups. Following the initial shunting incidents on January 19th, 2020, a claim of responsibility was published on the anarchist website, itsgoingdown.org, on January 22nd. This claim of responsibility stated that the shunning activity was carried out in in solidarity with Native American tribes in Canada seeking to prevent the construction of an oil pipeline across British Columbia, and with the express goal of disrupting BNSF operations and supplies on the pipeline. 41 incidents, the FBI is investigating. We have two people who've been arrested on terrorism charges for allegedly doing this with the shunting. And now we have a train that derailed in Washington that is the exact same MO as what these guys were trying to do. Do we know they're connected? No, we don't. Is this speculation? 100% it is. But I'm curious how this is going to shake out. This is something we'll be keeping a close, close eye on. Just a few other little pieces of news to keep you updated. If you have some time, you should go look at a video that Como News put out, which is called Fight for the Soul of Seattle. Excuse me. Fight for the Soul of Seattle was a sequel to Seattle is Dying, which featured yours truly, talking about how bad Seattle was getting with the homeless problems, with the drug problems, and actually provided solutions, too. Normally, these things just say, this sucks. Look at that. No. Eric Johnson on Como News, Matt Markovich on Como News, they do a great job of saying, okay, this is no good. Try this instead. In Fight for the Soul of Seattle, it's pretty much, well, we told you this was gonna happen and now look what happened. Look how bad things have gotten in Seattle with the drug problem. And in doing so, they went after an organization called the Department of Emergency Services, which is DESC. And they are located in downtown Seattle. They have facilities all over the place. And these guys claim that they provide shelter for homeless, drug treatment, mental health treatment, blah, 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 blah. blah. I have spoken to the staff there, I've spoken to people who represent the organization and they can't answer basic questions about their success rates. They can't explain why the whole area has tons of crime in it. They can't explain why people who live in these shelters commit crimes in the area. They cannot provide evidence of their success. And Como News called them out on their contributing to the problem in Seattle while claiming to want to help. They have some very murky financial connections as well that I'm doing some research into. I've done some preliminary stuff and I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Anyway, they released a statement yesterday trying to deny everything in the video, saying it's not true, we do a great job, blah, blah, blah. Check out this video right here, which was taken from inside one of their shelters in downtown Seattle. can yes, but when they put the calcium on you know, to manage it. So the calcium so, so on is it's So, well, can I ask you something again? Uh, so, you've been here five years? Uh, yeah. And they, and you said they come in and do an inspection once a month? Uh, sometimes it was once, a it's Sometimes it was once a month. Sometimes they, oh, so they don't come for a few months. Oh, sometimes they don't come for a few months. Well, they know the beat. I talked to my case manager. He knows know, they might be like this. So, I mean, they don't need make the their shit for months like that no. Well, like, if I had bugs in here, then they would do something about it right away, you know? But they've seen this, right? Like, they have. But she knows, like, I mean. And they don't mind that you stay like this, huh? Yes, they do mind. That's what I'm saying. But it's only been like this for, like, less than three months. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, the first month, it was kind of fucked up. Second month, it was kind of more fucked up. And then the third month, which is the fast month that just passed, is when it got this bad, you know? It was a kind of a thing where it didn't have all at once, obviously. And they, t- and they told you that, that they don't mind if you sell drugs? No, that's not what I said. I did, I talked to them and I told them why. No, but I'm asking you this. They, Five years I've lived here, I came over at on time, my plane's been <coughs> clean or at least half of a cleaner piece of crime. They don't mind if you sell drugs to each other? No, they don't. Unless, unless you sell it to somebody that's really crazy crazy, you know? That's what they told you? You take advantage of people. They told you that? Well, okay, they They won't. Say, they said they said this, Okay, okay. So basically, they know when I used to sell dope. They said, okay. I started selling to Billy. Now Billy is like this. Looks pretty terrible, doesn't it? That's what happens when people have a drug addiction issue. They completely forget about their surroundings. They're not conscious of their surroundings. They hoard. They destroy things. I know this because unfortunately I had a friend who went through this, and this is what his house looked like. This is why the streets of Seattle look the way they do. We have a massive drug problem. Stop calling it a homeless problem. That's not what it is. We have a massive drug problem. In fact, even Seattle years ago said it was over 80% of the people on the streets they encountered who they offered shelter and services to had a drug problem. I can only imagine what that number is now. So that's what the inside of DESC looks like. People claiming they're doing a great job. They can't even take care of the inside of their own facilities. Oh, sure. If you ask them for a tour, they'll show you the brand new rooms they have. They're not going to show you the ones people are actually living in because then you'll see that and understand why there's crime because these people follow the housing first model. Let me tell you what housing is, housing first is. They say, if you get a roof over everybody's head, (coughs) excuse me, if you get a roof over everybody's head, everything will be better. No, all you're doing is moving all the problems inside out of sight so people can't see it anymore. You need to take care of that. You need to actually address the substance abuse issues and get these people help. Why are the leftists so opposed to getting these people treatment? Why is that? because they want it out in your face so you voted more money. That's why. They call us not compassionate. We're the ones who are actually providing solutions to try and fix all this. They don't want it solved. They want it in your face so they can tax you more, so they can claim to be the virtuous ones. Just look at that video I just showed you. Speaking of people who claim to be virtuous, Representative Liana Pressler, Pressley, Pressler, Pressley, the one from Michigan who's a member of the squad, her, she is now saying that we should give coronavirus vaccines, we should prioritize prisoners as opposed to the elderly, as opposed to frontline workers, any of that kind of stuff, we should prioritize prisoners. Now, let me ask a couple questions. If confining people in enclosed spaces does such a good job, why'd they release all these prisoners at the beginning of the outbreak of the virus? If the virus only has a 99.8, sorry, has a 99.8% recovery rate, why did they release all these prisoners at the beginning of this? If masks work so effectively, why don't you just give all the prisoners masks? Because the truth is is they are looking for an excuse to release these people onto the street. That's why they did the New York Bail Reform Law. That's why in Seattle they're trying to make misdemeanors actually not a crime. They don't prosecute crimes in Seattle or Los Angeles anymore or in Oregon because they want these people on the streets. They believe that jail overall is no good and that nobody deserves to be in prison. There are people who deserve to be in prison. You need law and order in your society. Right now, there are no ramifications if you commit a crime in some of these cities. So, why are we prioritizing prisoners over the elderly? Can we solve the problem with the elderly first? Those are our most at risk, and then we will deal with the prisoners. Now, you can prioritize elderly prisoners. I understand that. If you said, if this squad member said elderly prisoners, I'd be like, yeah, one hundred percent. Let's do it. I get it. It's not what it's about, it's about virtue signaling, trying to get your agenda across. Look at the massive stimulus that just passed, stimulus, with all the pork in it. You can see a whole write-up I did on all the pork in this 6,000-page document up on the post-millennial. This is about virtue signaling, and this virtue signaling, if unchecked, will lead to action and destroy your city. Go watch "Fight for the Soul of Seattle" this weekend. Go watch "Seattle Is Dying" this weekend, and know that that can happen to your city. I only moved here. Five, I only moved here seventeen years ago, and the last five years is when I really noticed things going bad. If you have to wait to see it for yourself, it's already bad and may not be able to be saved. And this could happen to your city too. Don't say I didn't warn you. We'll see you on the next episode of Canary Nicole.